You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All righty, we are back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Sound excited. Uh, I'm kind of excited because it's a bye week, and uh, this week is going to kind of suck for Big 12 play, but next week is the mother load uh, because not only is Bedlam coming, but right before that game, you've got Iowa State uh, taking on Kansas State. Is that the game? No, 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 no. Is that the game? Uh, well, yeah. they play at 3 o'clock before okay, Bedlam, yeah. 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 So uh, OU could control their own destiny by the time Bedlam kicks off. So... Uh, we're joined by uh, Bob Prisbillo, who is on the road, and I know real quick uh, it's it's a national signing day for hoops, and I even <laughs> that just came out of nowhere. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I was not ready for it, and I saw that Clayton Smith like had a mock signing day at his school on his Instagram, so I guess probably what it was was they weren't they knew they weren't going to be back in school, or probably not when December got here, or even if December was going to be here, so. He pretends signed with Oklahoma today. It's not by if you see that out there on social media, it's not binding. There's nothing that it it's not for football. So uh, anyway, but Bob is out uh, heading to see uh, B. John Cortez. B. John. I'm B. B. John. B. John or B. John. B. John. Is it B. John or B. John? Okay, B. John Cortez, who is uh, signing today. So it seems like he signed about two years ago. I was say, telling that well, to he's Eddie been committed since eighth grade. I mean, <laughs> it feels like that at least. But, Bob, tell us about your day. Yeah. And he hit sell hell. Uh, I mean, it, it, it does feel weird. Just don't realize that recruiting my house. You're back in, sort of. <laughs> Try it again. Start from the top. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Northwest Expressway, so I don't have a clue if you're going to lose me. But, yeah, when it comes to Bijan, you know, someone that OU offered a while ago and really like what he brings to the table in terms of the point guard and a scorer, someone who did a lot of lifting in terms of recruiting, C.J. Nolan as well. That will be one of my big questions for him, his relationship with, with Nolan and how important it was that they played together. But, this is also the first signing ceremony during COVID. So I don't know what to expect, but it's supposed to get going here around 2 p.m. And and just, you know, for everything that they've had to go through, missing the state tournament and things like that, really want to be there and give him appreciation for, you know, what, what he's been able to accomplish. And, and hopefully they can get a senior season going and he can try to go out on a high note. 
Guys, is it just me, or does it sound like Bob's car is being attacked by rogue Democratic uh, balloters? I, they're the, they're I'm the staying out of the politics. Big truck next, <laughs> there's a big truck right next to you that I just had. So hopefully that sound goes away. Well, just catch us up real quick, Bob, on you know OU's early signing uh, and... You know, I know there's been some eligibility things that have been cleared up recently. What, and you've got you've started having your your interviews with Lon Kruger and basketball players. Uh, like, where is Oklahoma right now in terms of guys that they're getting today and that they're getting back for this season or getting eligibility for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're doing they're doing really well in the backcourt. They need some help in the in in the front court, but that's something they'll have to address going down the road. But the the, the Democratic pollsters got him. <laughs> Those bastards. Oh, no. That was just a straight-up hang-up. He's still going! He's still going! You, We lost you before <laughs> you even started talking. Seconds. Yeah. Yep. Uh, when you were going to update us on everything that's going on with the... We, you said they're doing really well in the front court. And then, or, no, or the back court. They're doing really well in the back court. And then I think you started talking about the front court, but then you were gone. Yeah, just the fact that they're getting Mo Mo Gibson to be able to play this season is huge. He'll bring a lot to the table, and they'll just have to find some front front court help going into the next signing period. And then, if Brady Manick or Kirk West decide to come back for next season, that's another wrinkle that's out there. Now that this is a free free year for all of those guys, that's something that OU will definitely be paying attention to, but they're, they're locked down. C.J. Nolan, a huge pickup to go along Bijan. You love what they've got going there and with the guard play for the next couple of years. Now it's about solidifying themselves up, uh, up front. I just got to think, you know, like uh, with Kerr, I mean, there's with so much uncertainty in the NBA about, you know, how much money there's going to be and I, I don't know how that's going to affect like the G League uh, and, you know, the way things are going, like, are teams going to want to have kind of bloated rosters and things like that in, in you know, their, in their minor leagues? And you've had so many players that have said they're, they're pulling out of the draft, uh, which I know you're always going to have a lot of guys that just, just want to – college isn't for them. They want to go and try and make it even. Uh, uh, who was uh, James Frischilla's buddy that left to go play in France early? I was kind of oh, pissed about uh, a moth imbi. A moth imbi, uh, and he was fine. Like I remember saying, something he's made like, a healthy living over yeah, there. He's still playing. I remember saying something like, "Oh, that's a mistake," and he like immediately clapped back at me on Twitter, uh, and I was like, "Oh, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry." Um, but he was like, "No, this is what I want to do, man. Like, it's not. It's not just about the NBA. There's, there's a, you know, I could have a career playing basketball. I want to do that. So, um, you know, you'll see some of that stuff, but." I got to think, you know, not losing eligibility and all this stuff, it can only help guys right now, especially like Kirk Wath. Because I think he's, he's, he's a, we might have lost Bob, but I think there's a lot of, lot of there with him as far as his ceiling. He flashed at times last year. And, you know, I, I, I guess I'm kind of interested to see what somebody like a Rick Sanza can bring. I mean, they, they legitimately have some size inside. That hasn't happened in a long time. And, Norman and then you also have to see how they develop some of the uh, you know what can you get anything out of the AG kid uh, you know they're loaded in the backcourt though as far as 
guys like they're going to be able to fill it up. What is what's Bijan ceiling as a player in college, Bob? I think it's a lot better than what people think because they look at him, they see a Hispanic kid. There's no way he could really be good at basketball, but then he gets out there. He can shoot the three. He's got really nice court vision. You know, something that averaged like 22 points and six assists last season, and he's a winner. He knows how, you know, Yellow Jacks have been one of the most successful programs in the state the last couple of years. I I think he's got a real future, you know, not only as a – because he can go either way. He can be a scorer or he can become that uh, passer, and he just – he brings a lot to the table. I think this is an underrated signing, at least at this point. We'll see – what happens after senior season if he gets a ranking bump. But I really love what, what he brings to the table. Bob brought race to the party. That was I odd. Did. I did. Would you have done well, the same for an Asian kid? He might have some of the best hair that they've signed in a long time, too. Yeah? Although, I, who knows? It might be really, really long now. I mean, have you seen him recently? I have not. That feels like a shot across your bow, Eddie. What? That he might the have better hair, hair. The COVID hair. Uh, I might get my hair cut today. I saw myself in the mirror this morning and... Wasn't proud? No, I, I was proud. It looks good right now. It looks great. <laughs> it's so long when you put the Four Seasons uh, backdrop as your Zoom yesterday that your hair was like disappearing and coming back and disappearing and coming back. Well, that's the disappearing act that you get with my hair. It looked really good when I had like the actual uh, mullet, but I think that's gone by the wayside. I don't have anywhere to get my hair cut. That's my problem right now. Did your guy die of COVID? Uh, no, it was cancer. <laughs> oh <my God>. Wow. <laughs> what? Carry the I mean, it was, it was, it's been a while. It's been a while, and I've been going to I places like... I thought that maybe you had an older barber, like, it because was. that you've been going to him since high school. No, no, I've been going to him since, and like, I middle school. maybe he died, but I wasn't sure. But no, it's I been know. a while, and I've been going to, uh, you know, like, your generic haircut places. I think it's time to take a step up. I think I need to get, like, what te- I've been I need to get some you. good hair. I need to get yes, I've been a barber. Or a hairdresser. Somewhere where you make your next appointment when you leave. Maybe get a, maybe get a gay gentleman to uh, cut my hair. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. I, they're usually pretty as good at the job. She's not with the Hispanics, apparently. Well, maybe maybe, maybe start looking a little, little bit better. I don't know. If Dean, if Dean Blevins asked me to come on TV, I'll get my hair cut. Bob, uh, I know you've got other things to do today, and uh, we'll be looking forward to your coverage on Sooner Scoop and... We'll let you get out of there before the Republican pollsters uh, start roaming the streets. We'll also be talking to uh, Long Kruger this afternoon, so we'll okay. have plenty of wrap-up on that kind of stuff. Yeah, we yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lot. You know, it just kind of worked out that it's football bye week that coincides with basketball signing day, so still a lot of content coming. You didn't miss a lot today with the defensive players. I'll just tell you that right now. The I bit- didn't think the Big 12 is a team in the Big 12 that used to not be in the Big 12 <laughs> that is the Big 12. We'll leave it at that. Something I can't wait to like read that. <laughs> All right, Bob. We'll let you get. Right, we appreciate it. Thanks for giving us the update on the hoops. And uh, there he goes. Bye. I will say, like, I'm slightly excited about not only Oklahoma this year in the Big 12, but the Big 12 as a whole. I don't know if you saw, like, Matt Norlander and Kyle Boone put out, like, it's like the top 101 players in the in, co- in college basketball this year. 
and I'm pretty sure that the Big 12 had like more than 15 guys on that I mean, it's list. It's been a great conference. Number two, Cade Cunningham. The entire college basketball. The uh, Luke Garza, the kid from Iowa, was number one. Can't remember where they... Brady and Austin Reeves were both in the top 60, I want to say. Can't remember what they were exactly, though. Hmm. West Virginia has like their entire starting lineup in it. They're supposed to be unbelievable this year. And Baylor's the number two team in the country. And then you have Kansas, Tech, OU, OSU. It's going to be a really good conference. And that's talking basketball. That's your basketball talk. To hey, start Josh. the show. Can I come back in now? Uh, yes, you can. I actually can. got to talk during basketball talk. That was kind of exciting. But well, You'd probably you get know. dressed down about it on the board. I, I, I know my place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend I should be anywhere else. Uh, Josh is what? is almost going through moving hell, which, God, I would, I would, I, I, I don't think I'll ever move ever. Like <laughs> I hate it so much. It's it's got to be my least favorite thing on this earth to do is to move. When'd you move in here? Um, eleven years ago, twelve years ago. Okay, because this is the only house that I've ever known. Yeah, I was apartment man before this. Yeah, I remember the apartment. I, that's where we did the uh, the video, uh, those few breakdowns we did where I had the long hair and everybody was like, oh my God, this is a dirty hippie that we're listening to recruiting news from. <laughs> Who do we break down? Steve Williams is one of them. The oh DB from God. Skyline. Yeah, I'm trying to remember some of those names. Like we did some <laughs> some uh, some strong content back in the day. And I think I the like, only reason I wet. bought a house was just so I could have more room so we could do more video content. And then sure. you moved to Houston. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was almost like you moved, what, uh, you're saying 08, 09, and then I moved to Houston in 10. So, you know. You've uh, been in Houston since 2010? Yep. Yep. We were. Uh, it just does not feel like that. Uh, you know, and Kerry's talking about that, you know, he moved 12 years ago. In that time, I have moved one, two. This will be my fourth move in that time. <sighs> yeah, it's awful. So. And one of them, like I said, was across straight li- state lines and about 500 miles. And we've so. been to your, I've been to your mansion you know, before this one, before you mm-hmm. moved into, uh, what's his name's neighborhood? Daryl Morey's. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, James Harden. And you have a lot of shit to move. A lot of shit to move. And plus you've um, had a kid since I visited you. Yeah. Last. This is the first year that um or this this move into this rental that i'm in now and the in the move we're about to make in the house we built those will be that's the first times i've ever not moved everything in my house that and that is a freeing experience that was one of the best first world situations i've ever been involved with um not having to move all my bedding because when we moved into that house you came to, Carrie, I damn near died. I was like, I think I'm too old for this. I'm officially too old to move everything I own because we just have entirely too much shit. So, no, you reach. Um, I think that's probably your youngest age where you mm-hmm. you realize, like, I'm getting older. The first time you have to move from a house to another house, you're probably kind of in your mid-30s. Yep. And that's usually when you're like, shit, I can't do this anymore. Yep, I was. I mean, I go to the gym, I work out, but I still, man, I was tired. I like I, we had a mattress on the floor that night, and I don't think I even needed it. Like I could have slept on the tile in the in the you know in the entryway. So I was beat. 
But uh, but no, this has been better. So you know, we're we're gonna have some guys move most of it. I I still do like anything that's breakable or that kind of like I I'm like I, I only trust me to do those things. But in general, I I I've moved on from needing to be uh, a he man and carry everything around. I was sleeping on about tile. It. Sleeping on tile is actually not that bad. I've done it before. I I, I trust that you have. One of Carrie's first memories of me is sleeping on yes, tile. So, uh-huh, in, a, in a hotel bathroom. You've got to make sure oh, that yeah. it's warm enough for you. And maybe get a blanket slash towel to use Depends as a pillow. Depends on if you're going to bed in a certain way. Maybe the cold is better. Yeah, sometimes. I can see that. It, it can be. Helps with right the spins. until it's not. Yeah, right until it's not. It's, I mean, it remi- you're, you're reminding me of so many things about, you know, apartment living right now. I... I I had an apartment, and we would party, and I would often go in to the next morning to find a man with his head in the toilet. I mean, it was not un- it's not uncommon for me to walk into a bathroom, or it wasn't at one point in my life, to walk into a bathroom, and someone was asleep in there, in varying mm-hmm. positions. I think we've all been through that. Yes. Yes. And you know and the, the biggest other thing- problem is just what, doing something with the body after you get done? No, they're alive. Oh. Barely, but Never still mind. alive. Never mind. Uh, here's the one thing that I was thinking about this the other day and Josh, you can, you can verify this phenomenon, but like when you are a man, the last thing I think you, you, you lose that is just yours is usually by the time you're ready to get married, you have the perfect mattress. You love that mattress you it, it's the most comfortable mattress in that, at that point in your life that you've ever had but immediately when you move in with your wife you have to get a new mattress because you f***ed people on that that's not her and she knows it <laughs> i i will have to check with him because this did happen see I mean, there, there was a quick rule she, i will say she was very crafty if that was the cause yes. for it no they say but, things like uh-huh. oh you know i just need a firmer mattress or a yeah, softer soft. mattress uh-huh. yeah no yeah. You have to get rid of the mattress because they know that you have f***ed other women on that mattress. And, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like, no, I, it's, I would, it's good. I wouldn't want another dude's sauce up on my bed. I, I got it. That's fine. Um, so that, that, that's, that's reasonable <laughs> enough, sure. Uh, but, yeah, that, no, that's a horrible thing that I'd never thought of. And I, I apologize to all women that have never – that are with men like myself yeah, if that you're are not a man enough to think of that. And you're going to get married, you cannot refuse her that request of a yeah. new mattress. I think that comes with a new my pillow these days, <laughs> <laughs> and extra Trump votes. Uh, see, now no are you guys particular about a pillow? No. Yes, I, I. I could sleep on any pillow. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not that dude. I can, I have to have. I have side pillows and neck pillows and sleeper pillows. Like oh dear lord, I have and I have seven pillows pillow in my problems. bed. I think. Do you really? Uh huh. Oh God! Like, well, I, I, need two. I, I usually just I I started with two, and then I went mm-hmm. to four, and then I started buying <laughs> uh, I started buying nice pillows. Why is my neighbor calling me? Uh, I started buying nice. Hold on, just a second. Any is this an emergency, Gus? No. Okay. Welcome to the unofficial forty podcast. Hi, Gus. I just had a question for you when you're done. <laughs> well, ask me now. Yes. Okay. Am I gonna have to do manual labor? No, I was gonna park mine and Susan cars over by your house because we're getting carpet. 
You're getting carpet? Yeah. Is that why you have a giant TV screen in your garage now? Rugs match the, match the drapes? No, that's just for kids. He can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not plugged into the board. He's just talking to me. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, do whatever you got to do. If you want to you wanna park behind well, I feel like, better now. my I uh, just rude. Eclipse, just my hello. go ahead. I did too. <laughs> yeah, I might. I'd have to air up the tires again. <laughs> no, we'll either park on that side road or right behind that eclipse. I just they got to cut the carpet out on the driveway and stuff, and I got all them cars and stuff. So. All right, man. Sounds good. All right, thanks, sir. No problem. Later. You know what I was neighbor thinking? talk with Carrie and Gus. Yeah, I'm glad I never have talked to my neighbors. Although one of them's pretty cool. He's actually, uh, I think he helps over at uh, Millwood. Maybe uh, we need to recreate Lincoln's picture. In that car out there, you know, with all, I'll bring oh all my trophies my and stuff. Oh my god! Don't you think? I was thinking about that the other day. We need a convertible, though. We take the top off, I'm sure. Of what? That car out there. The eclipse. Yes. <laughs> just take it off. You're <laughs> <laughs> not going to do anything with no, it. No, you're right. We can just Wait. saw it off. This is a huge revelation. The eclipse still exists. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Well, here's the problem. This died years ago. Here's the problem. <laughs> You can no longer open the doors on the Eclipse because... Well, that, we have to take the roof off. How else am I going to get in? Because the latches in it go bad. And so the only way to get into it is to crawl through the rear hatch. <laughs> and I had to get new tires put on it because the city was going to tow it. Should have just let them tow it. It has stuff in there that I still need. Oh, no. Well, There's a lot of you CDs could have just gotten there. it out and then let them tow it. But I have to crawl through the hatch to get the shit. That's the problem. Ohio State, Maryland. You had to, get, you had to crawl weekend. through the hatch to get the tires. Yeah. They had, they so towed it. Just no, and I tried to tell them, hey, can you get this started again for me? They're like, we no, we can't. We think the gas is bad. You have to drop the tank out of it. And trust me, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to fix an eclipse. <laughs> And I'm not buying those lifts to put in my garage so I can get under it and work on it. Well, Carrie, why don't you do like get crawl through the hatch, get the shit you need out of it, and then do the you know the cars for kids thing or whatever. Like let them have that's a that scam, thing. by the way. Uh, well, what? There's got to be somebody that will take that damn car off your off your look, property. Can you just leave me the dream that someday I will restore <laughs> this into Paul Walker's? Eclipse from Fast and the Furious. Well, they not work out too well for Paul Walker. It's it's a dream of mine. He hasn't you know? made any movies lately. Are, are you going to go out like that, Carrie? <laughs> oh, God. It's crazy. No, I'm, I'm not going to die if I rebuild the Fast and Furious <laughs> Eclipse, all right? He didn't die in that car. He died in a Porsche, and he wasn't even driving, I don't think. Kind of feels like a failure, doesn't it? <laughs> there, was, there was a dude... That had one of those in Norman that was driving it around, and it like that Porsche. No, 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 no. The oh, eclipse, like the Eclipse, the the green Eclipse. It's not even a turbo though, so I don't even know if it would really. Yikes! That shit is super popular in Houston. I see a lot of that kind of crap. Like people I, doing their yeah, Fast and that, Furious that stuff. Go to the Fast and Furious with you know with lube in their pocket. They're they're pretty <laughs> excited about it. There's usually a uh, how do I say this uh, particular demo. Yeah, that does that. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty cut and dry mm -hmm. on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maryland, Ohio mentioned... State canceled this weekend. By the way, oh, poor 
Tuglia or Truvia or whatever his name is. So I think Truvia is a sweet substitute. Or sugar what substitute. movie rerun are you guys most excited to watch on Saturday this weekend as it fills in for all the games? That oh, my be God. Being well, I'll be watching the Masters. Oh, of course. All if right. Rocky all Four right. came on, that'd be good. It's never a bad time for Shawshank TBS. It's never a bad time. They play it a lot. They run it a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's... You are now in COVID craziness. It's... Yep. Well, it's usually the SEC, the Big Ten is getting it. I mean, Baylor's already had it. OU's had their scare. OSU was terrible in the preseason. Kansas State obviously had their scare. Iowa State, I think, had it real bad in the preseason from everything we heard. Um, Texas has seemed to be pretty mm-hmm. clear. Tech had it really bad. Mm-hmm. Baylor had it really bad. OSU had it really bad. We're covering some of these twice now. I just yeah. want that to be out Basically, there. Texas is the only is one Texas? that hasn't really gotten wiped out uh-huh. by it. And I wonder how much of that is, and this might be just completely stupid, but I feel like the football program is pretty far apart from the university. You know, like I remember them saying that they only had like 70 or 80% was all online this year, uh, this semester in Austin. And they're basically just traveling back and forth. Like, they, I guess what I'm saying is they don't have a whole lot of interaction with the student popula- population. But at the same time, Austin's a big-ass town, so I don't know if that... I don't know. Well, are you guys surprised it's this week? I would have thought last week, coming off the heels of Halloween, mm-hmm. that was going to well, be Well, it's usually big... two weeks out when stuff happens. Sure. Just, okay. like, just like I'm worried about the Big 12 because it'll be you know two weeks after Thanksgiving, basically. Mm-hmm. I usually roll my eyes when somebody asks Lincoln Riley about something like that. But, I mean, I think it is a a very valid conversation to be had this week going into Bedlam and obviously going into a bye week. Uh, just just for the fact that you look across the landscape of college football right now and, what, there's four games in the SEC canceled. You add in the Big Ten today. Army and Navy seemingly are never going to play football again on those campuses. Ugh. I mean, they've had – Navy's now canceled two times – or. The last two weeks, right? Tulsa got screwed again this weekend, right? Isn't, T- isn't Tulsa's game canceled? Uh, or is it in danger? I thought it was in danger. I don't think that they've actually canceled. I think they're playing this weekend. So, if you're Zayvon Collins, do you even want Tulsa to play again? I don't. Like, I've put the tape out. I'm set to be a high draft pick. I'm all good. Tulsa plays Destiny. All I'm going to do is hurt myself. Uh, I'm, I, my best case is I'm going to play in, like, the Cheez-It Bowl. That's actually one of the best games of the week. I mean, honestly, if he, if he was at a bigger school right now, I'd imagine he would maybe think about opting out. Yep. I mean, because he's probably done enough to uh, certainly put his name into, you know, the conversation to be drafted, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a first or second day pick would be my bet. He's had a hell of a year. I mean, how See, and I had thrown this out there about – what if OU and OSU could have moved theirs up a week? But after the results of last weekend, the last thing they would want to do would move a, be move a game up. Yeah, I think that both of those teams are taking advantage Tyler of the bye Wallace week. Tyler Wallace needs yeah. to get healthy. Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner need to get healthy. Real quick, what did you think of Zayvon Collins coming out of high school? Because that's such a unique story, and it's going to be told millions of times from here on end when he does get drafted. 
Eddie, I honestly, like, I, I, and I might have said this on the pod, but I, I went back, I watched his tape about a month ago, went back and watched his high school stuff, because I can flat out say I didn't see him in high school. I didn't, uh, he was not on my radar until super late. I think I'd even done my last rankings or something like that. He just wasn't that big of a, a role in what I was doing. But I went back, so I look on his, first off, you get to his huddle page, he's listed as a quarterback at like six foot four, like, 201 or something like that 195 somewhere in that ballpark and his 40 that he ran at a nike combine is 5.01 how is anybody gonna be like i mean good on tulsa hey great for you like but how you could be like oh everybody should have seen this coming no sure. no 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 don't do that um and it's one of those things where i get into this all the time with these kids that play quarterback in their high school and i'll watch you know five minutes of tape and the first three minutes is them playing quarterback dude You've got to understand if you want a chance, it's not at quarterback. Like you, I understand that's where you played a lot of, but I don't even want to watch you throw. Like unless you're running around or making a play with your feet, just cut that highlight because it doesn't matter to your recruiting. And that's I, I think some of what happened with him is it was so quarterback focused that people had to kind of sift through it to get to oh he's a really good athlete. It's just crazy how he. I, I guess that's a perfect example of somebody that. I mean, I guess in a way we missed on him, but every sure. other team in the country missed on him. And I, I yeah. guess it, I'm just, that's kind of my point as far as it's just funny how some, like just every college coach missed on that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, he's, I mean, oh, you're just, ahead, there's Jared. always going to be a program that benefits from just like, you know, Iowa State offered early when they got Brees Hall, but... I mean, they're the perfect type of program that's going to benefit from somebody like a Brees Hall. No doubt. No doubt. And, I, and Tulsa's going to have those guys. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, uh, who is the defensive back? I mean, uh, honestly. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Honestly, that's one of those situations, though, that, and this is not a this is not a slight at, at Tulsa at all. I, they should have more of those kids, shouldn't they? Don't get blocked. Shouldn't they have more of those kids, though, that – OU, OSU, Texas, whoever misses out on, they end up in Tulsa. Well, that's, that's, it, it's not like that's they fall into their SMU lap. That's how SMU is so. being built right now. But sure. the problem is Dallas, you know, washouts versus, you know, Tulsa washouts. You can't build a program off that. No. You can't. I'd say washouts. But I've Shit. Seen people that forget, forget Tulsa. Kansas should be banking on those types of kids. And we saw that on Saturday. I mean... Well, they did when Mark Mangino was their coach. Sure. Kansas might be one of the worst college football teams at the Division One level I've ever seen. Josh, I just think, and maybe we've talked about this before, but what has happened that is really, I mean, people have figured it out. It's no longer, teams aren't as successful recruiting junior college players. They're, they're, they're having success recruiting transfers. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a big part of it, you know, and that, you know, they were during the broadcast. And I know you guys were there. They were given so much credit. Oh, Les Miles is really he's just going to recruit the high school ranks and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's great. And, but it, this is not college basketball where you do that and then you continue to let those guys develop. And then Gonzaga's got a great senior class every second or third year and they're going to really compete for a national title. It's not that way in football. Like, that's fine. But you're, it's not like everybody's leaving after year one. I mean, the, the odds that 
the Kansas senior is going to be that much better than Oklahoma sophomore is incredibly small. Like it's it just it, that doesn't add up that way. And then Oklahoma still got a whole bunch of seniors anyway. So like it's it's just not the same thing. And they were like, well, Les Miles wouldn't recruit any transfers. He would recruit junior college or out of the transfer portal. And I'm like, I guess I can kind of get there on junior college, although I, I think it's amazing how many people disregard what Bill Snyder did and how what his model was. Like, that can work. It doesn't – I mean, there's a lot of great players in the junior college ranks that you just got to get on campus and make work. But to ignore the transfer portal just seems – like, we decided we're not taking transfers, so we're not taking any transfers. Like, no, don't be stupid. Don't be, like, just militant about it. But, you know, they they I, they had to find something nice to say about Kansas, and I think that's what they were going with. Who is they, Josh? Tom damn Luganville. <laughs> who I, I gave love credit how to I've early in the waiting, broadcast. Like, ten minutes to bring it up. But you were on the verge of losing your shit during the broadcast. I haven't gone back and watched the game. Give me a uh, quick summary of all the dumb shit he said. Well, there was that. And then, I mean, like I said, I didn't like that. And then he went into... Uh, now, he said very early in the game, and this is... I, I tweeted out, like, he's actually doing a nice job here. I tried to give him credit. And he was talking about Charleston Rambo has been a bit of a problem. Like, he isn't making the plays that everybody expected him to make. And I was like, hey, he's the first announcer that's noticed that this season. Like, everybody keeps talking about Rambo like he's the whole point of the passing offense. Yeah, don't like, let guys, Tim Brando talk about Charleston yes, Rambo. He's just non-existent. But it's stuff like, I mean, then he would go into, I'm trying to think of some of them off the top of my head, and I'm going to fail, I can tell already. But it's just one of those things where he would start talking about things, and you're like, that's just, that's not true. Like, it, as good as the Rambo point was, like, when he broke down the whole thing with the fumble, he went on and on and on about it, and he was right. I missed it at first, but he somehow missed that the guy that poked the ball loose of Buki was stepping out of bounds, and that the guy, when the ball hit him, he was out of bounds. Like, and I get that there's specialized rules about that, but don't tell me for a second Tom Luke and Bill knew that. Don't tell me that. I don't believe it. That's bull. If Lincoln Riley says in the postgame press conference he didn't know that rule, he's never even seen yep. a play like that, you know... He's seen a lot more football than Tom, than Luke. Tom Luganbill's dad coached. I'd like he to coached. see that debate. I'm not saying he's Al Luganbill. He's Tom. I'm, and his dad. His dad coached. And, and Tom played at Georgia Tech. I don't know if you knew. He played at Georgia Tech. <laughs> that play was crazy, uh, though. I didn't even realize it at the time that that kid's foot was out of bounds because I started I getting texts, and I was like, I don't know why you're asking me about this. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And then I went back and looked, and obviously talked about it after the game and the postgame pod and it, stuff. The, the thing about that rule that is stupid is there is not a more well-known um, fundamental in football than when you're running with the ball, you switch it to the hand closest to the sideline to protect it from the players on the field coming at you. Like, there should not be a rule that helps you subvert that fundamental of football <laughs> Where you can run outside the guy out of bounds and hit the, slap the ball out. I've just never seen it. I've literally never seen it. Like that. That's a rule that needs to be changed. Well, they'll probably spend too much time on something else that doesn't need to happen. That sounds like NCAA officiating 101. Oh, you want this to get changed? Yeah, we had an idea about how you need to signal fair catch. 
You need to put both arms up in the air now. Just sounds like something stupid they would say. <sighs> but outside of that, we haven't even talked about the game. I Kansas, that is the worst Division One football team I've ever seen. And I don't know if you heard Gabe talk about it, but he said something to the effect of like the sideline wasn't even like they were just there. There was no, uh, you know, like that a boy type like atmosphere on the sidelines. It was just basically given we're going to go three and out, come sit on the sidelines, let the defense go out, give up a touchdown, come back and just repeat. I'm sure Les well, Miles has checked out a little bit I, at this point. I think it, that's the last time that he's ever coached against Oklahoma. Like if I was him, I would just go to him say, give me half of what you owe me. Let's call it good. It'd be hard to do that right now. Well, maybe he could yeah. just leave. <laughs> it's going to be hard to get bought out if you're... I mean, he has to be a psycho if he really coaches. thought that they were going to run the ball on OU. Like, Texas might be one of the only schools that would buy out their coaches in this current climate. It's Michigan? just like... Michigan could do it. But it's very few schools. Like Sure. Kansas is not Michigan Kansas or is, uh, no. Texas. Yeah. They're just... They're like, we suck... Let's not go broke sucking. Let's just, you know, keep the train on the tracks, and eventually we'll get through this. Well, yeah, because Kansas, I mean, they got out a little bit over their skis and how they paid him. I mean, he's making almost $3 million a year with, like, annual retention bonuses of, like, 500000 well, so, And remember um, uh, David uh, Beatty, mm-hmm. like, they they went to court because they were trying to cheap out of his uh, buyout. Yeah, they were saying they buy, uh, it was Division One uh, infractions, wasn't it? Yeah, they, or they were like trying, made him up. They were trying to pin these really you know secondary violations yeah. on him, saying that he violated terms that was for a cause. So they went to court for like two years and ended up saving what they paid him by like thirty you know thirty thousand dollars or something stupid. And then and they added a bunch of lawyer fees, fees. yeah, uh-huh. on top of it. So it's not like they're doing fantastic. And it, you know, their money comes from basketball. And who knows how they're going to be. I mean, basketball is so reliant on attendance more than TV. Like, that, they're yeah, going to be hurt. Weird. But I will say this. The, the Kansas game, we don't have to break it down. I mean... It, we're just going to say all the same shit we've been saying. It was an ass-kicking. Defensive line's great. Ramondre Stevenson's fantastic. Secondary's playing really well, getting turnovers. Well, let me ask you, Josh. Offensive line. I, Rattler. I, I told Kerry after the game, it's like, they won by 59, and I don't feel like they played well offensively. I, I agree completely, Eddie. They, it never felt like they got in sync on offense, but they just, I mean... Well, yeah, Lincoln Riley put a one-legged quarterback on the field for the entire second uh, half. Well, not guys, the entire, but I—I I mean, is that was I, that was so weird to me because, like I said, this isn't—you know—I mean, you can think back to the—I mean, Carrie, you remember really well the whole controversy with Jason White when he had the knee thing and they put him back on the field and Bob kind of got ripped for that for a while, and then yeah, because it, because this, he tried to say it was a sprain and it was a yeah. ACL tear. Yeah, and, you know, with Lincoln, he's always felt, like, overly cautious. Like, if this guy's not 100%, we're not going to play him, you know. Like, just very careful with his play. He's a he's a modern head coach. You know, they have to be more player-focused, and we're going to take care of our guys, and you just can't run it that way. And I'm not saying Bob wasn't, but Lincoln's more so. 
So, you know, that whole thing was weird, and it felt so out of character. But at the same time, it, it was a situation where my bigger concern wasn't that Spencer Rattler was going to get hurt because I, I, there's no question he stopped, He talked with the training staff and was like, is he going to get hurt any further? Okay, no, he's fine. Okay, fine. But my question was like, do you not understand that you're putting him at risk for a different type of injury? Because he can't run away from anybody. If there's any pressure, he's in trouble. If, like the throw to Stogner, he couldn't drive on that ball. No. And that's one of the reasons Austin got left, you know, just hanging, is because he didn't have time to get to the ball and then react to the defender. And there were a couple other throws where you're like, man, if that gets to where you wanted it to go, somebody's going to get hurt there. And so, like I said, it was just more a question of, it's not that I thought Rattler was going to get hurt. It was just could there be a issue farther down the line because these guys can't protect themselves. I don't know if this is the way that Lincoln Riley's mind works, but it was almost like you haven't played well, and I don't want this to be like the last thing you think about before you go into a big bedlam game. Let's try and end this on the right note almost. And I don't know if that's what he was thinking. Before you leave. Right. Yeah. Like let's let's get everybody on the same page before you go into a bye week before you go into a game against the best defense you're probably going to play this year. And I don't know if that... And and maybe it's different if it's not Kansas. Like, if they're playing West Virginia, maybe that ends differently. But it was almost like... And to a certain extent, I think that's why they let Hazelwood play. It's like, you need to get some run before we really throw you in the fire in two weeks. But the pick he threw was early in the game. Yeah, that was awful. It was just awful. It was was a bad bad decision. And maybe Rambo was involved in not running his route the correct way. Yeah. yeah, I think Rambo had an issue there too. Like I, I, I'm not. It's a bad decision. That doesn't change any of that. It was a bad choice. But you can't tell me Rambo did what he's supposed to do. He was, he's supposed to either work toward him, work vertically. Instead, he just stopped. But and again, that, none of that. Oh, you was going to win that game in that fashion, no matter what. But sure, between four turnovers in the first half, two on the same play, the ridiculous amounts of television replay that are just over the top you know it like the the crowd and the press box booed the refs during that game i wasn't so did trammell really boo the refs out loud yeah, he said he announced he said i know we can't cheer in the press box but can we boo and someone said yeah you can boo and he just started booing the refs that's great uh i mean it was just awful and then he gets hurt, and he's not the same quarterback. Like you guys said, he couldn't step into throws. And really, the person that had probably the best drive of the day was Tanner Mordecai. Yeah. I I thought the touchdown he threw to uh, Mims, that was a great throw, great catch. That was like the first time that I thought, oh, that was like that. In a way, that was like almost the first time that I was really impressed with Tanner Mordecai. And in I, a game situation, sure. absolutely. That's the most impressive he's been. He just seems like he's, and I, I guess when you get thrown out there in like the second play that you're in, you get basically earholed by somebody coming off the edge that was never blocked. Maybe you will get happy feet, but I don't know. I think I'm also just biased towards uh, Chandler Morris. I love some Chandler Morris. There definitely was a groundswell of QB two for Chandler Morris when before that drive happened. I've been in love with that kid since me and Josh went and saw him at Jerry World. He's a little Baker. I like it. I like those HP kids. I signed a uh, kid from HB today to play golf. You signed? Oh, you did. Oh, oh, you signed. Okay. 
I, I heard you signed one too, Eddie. I, I was like, wow, that's that's huge, Eddie. Well, when they signed with Oklahoma, they like they, is, they is, signed with me as well. Are you a brand now? Yeah. You're just he's an Eddie Radosevich golfer. Yeah, hoping he <laughs> gets Team Radosevich. I'm hoping he gets. That's my one way ticket to get back to the Masters. He needs to have a. Uh, he needs to win the U.S. Amateur. No pressure. All you got to do is get people like. Uh, I'm going ahead Victor of Hovland yeah. has like a. You can get his Audemars Piguet deal away from him and get like your face embroidered on his shirt. I'm trying to Nick Heinen this thing. I want to be his caddy when it's all said and done. <laughs> Nick Heinen's the uh, kid from Edmond North that's Matt Wolf's caddy now. Shocker wow, of the nice. of the week. Carrie worked a, a uh, watch reference in there. I figured that was a watch reference, but I didn't know for a fact. I'm not. I'm not that, a huge AP fan. I mean. Th- all the, all the big, big ballers wear them. I'm just not a, I don't know. It just doesn't. It's not my thing. I'm more of a Vacheron guy. Sure, I just use my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you just say that because you know it hurts me. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the thing, though. Like the one thing we can talk about Bedlam a little early. And this is going to be the talk all next week. Like, Kansas... Like, Josh, have you ever watched a game where you just... And I know it's... In person, it was like watching Wiley e. Coyote get run over over and over again to the point where at the end of the game, there was just a contorted body on the field that they had to carry off, which is actually what happened. <laughs> like, you're sitting there so in the sorry. press box... And the guy's leg is pointed in one direction and his body, you know, his arms are in the other direction. And you're like, can he, is he dead? Like, they killed that quarterback. Like, in uh, the Daniels kid, and he had a lot of guts and, uh, you know, played hard, but he got chased around the entire day. And I don't know how you felt, Josh, but I actually felt sorry for that kid but at the end of the game. Oh, I did. When... When he went down, I was like, oh, please let this kid get up. Man, he survived a hell of a lot just to go out with an injury. Like That's brutal. Like At least let him walk off the field. And I don't know about you guys, I was stunned he was on the sideline walking because when you saw him first come out, you're like, oh, that's the season. Like, he's he's done. Like, that looked like broken bones. Like That, that didn't look right at all. When he, but somehow he just out there limping around on the sidelines after, you know, late fourth quarter. And you're like, oh, okay, but yeah. I, I'm with you guys. I felt terrible. I thought he was tough. I thought he was surviving a lot. And I thought he showed flashes of being a decent player, but how the hell could you know because he's running for his life on every snap? Yeah, I'm walking into the coach's office Monday and saying I'm opting out. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> Are you going to walk into the offensive line coach's office? Listen, and then the coach you're would, the reason. I'm out. The, yeah. And then the coach would say, but you've already had COVID. You ain't opting shit. Then I'd say I'm entering the transfer portal. I'm quitting. <laughs> uh, and I, so I want to talk about that defensive line versus their offensive line uh, and how that relates to Bedlam. But first, I want to tell you guys about Dead Soxie, uh, our, our great sponsor of the podcast. Eddie's got buddies that uh, have, have gotten their socks in, and, and they love them. They absolutely love them. Using the promo code BOOMER at checkout, 30% off promo code exclusively for Sooner Scoop. And they really are one of the most comfortable socks i've used uh or worn i guess and it they're just perfect because i like the low cut sock 
it's hard to find one that fits you as well as these ones do. And they're great for golf, too. I know the weather's kind of uh, crappy in some spots around the country, but we're still playing golf here in Oklahoma. So It's, it's a great week this it's week. It's been a really nice week. By the way, I know a lot of people come to us, well, used to come up to us in the airports and stuff mm-hmm. and say, hey, I listen uh, in the car with my kids. Those days. Uh, and uh, I have to explain to them some of the things that are said sometimes and that they shouldn't say them. But kids, if you're growing up and you're listening, you need a good gift for your dad, tell your mom to go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, check out the crimson and cream color ways. That, like, it's, someone asked me if I'm saying waves or ways, and I did research this a little bit. Like, in the shoe game, it's color way with a Y. But apparently in the fabric game, sometimes it's waves. That's news to me. I, guess I didn't we know need that. I hit up Dead Soxy and find out exactly for sure. Uh, but the one thing I do know is I love ma- the no slip silicone beads. <laughs> uh, now you're just hoarding that. Uh, anyway, yeah, that, it makes a great gift. Uh, if your husband is forcing you to listen to this podcast, go to deadsoxy.com, D E A D S O X Y.com. Use that promo code Boomer, get 30% off your order. Uh, some of the best dress socks that uh, he's ever going to put on. And as always, guys, stay soxy. Okay, so Bedlam is coming up. Everybody's got a week to rest. Here's the problem. OSU people that I talk to keep talking about the offensive line needs to get better. They need to get better. They've had some injuries. They've had some losses, obviously. Uh, Very public losses early in the season, in the preseason. And, but they still are not good. They can't run the ball. Tube Hubbard's having a really tough time. LD Brown, because he's bigger and more powerful, he's been a better runner for them this year. Whereas Tube is a guy that needs needs a crack. He needs some space. He he needs to be able to use his speed. They're not able to get him those running lanes with this offensive line. And look, their their defensive line is really good too. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State's. But you're talking about a huge mismatch right now with Oklahoma's defensive line against Oklahoma State's offensive line. The if, biggest of the game. If you're Ronnie Perkins or Perrion Winfrey or you know Laron Stokes, you Nick, start Benito. Throwing Nick Benito in there. Oh, now. absolutely. He. I don't think he was blocked the entire day on on Saturday. I, I put out those clips on Twitter and on the board. If if you're any of those guys on the Oklahoma defensive line, you have to watch that first half of the Kansas State game uh, that Oklahoma State's coming off of and think. This could be our day. Like, this could be a statement game for us. Because I do think that, like, as well as the defense has played over the last two weeks, you got to remember who they've played. Texas Tech and Kansas are probably the two worst teams in the conference. I'm almost to the point of, I want to think this group is really good, and I do think they're really good. I guess I just want to be almost proven to the point of, wow, this team is really good up front. Like, these guys really can make plays. And I think you do that against Oklahoma State if, you know, if they're the if they're the guys I think that they are, they could be very disruptive next Saturday, right, Josh? Oh, I agree completely. I mean, this is this is just a deal where you know and I, earlier I talked about football being different than basketball. This is like a basketball game. You know, when you have two really good teams, but like they're just the matchup isn't right. Like they're, they're long, and that's going to affect whatever. 
it's the same kind of deal. Oklahoma State is a very, in a lot of ways, a very equivalent team to Oklahoma. The problem is the matchup doesn't work very well for them because they want to run the ball. They want to use Spencer Sanders on zone read. I mean, they want to do all this stuff that is all triggered by the run game. And, boy, it's really hard to do if you're just getting dominated up front. Like You can't scheme up a play that works if you can't win up front, if you can't just at least fight off the defensive line. And, guys, I don't know about you, but I've talked to a few people this week, and there is, uh, I wouldn't say confidence, but like I think people know that this is a matchup that's going to be a problem for Oklahoma State. Like This is a thing where... It's you know I don't get the impression that this is a that there's any belief in Norman that the pro that this it's about Kansas and Texas Tech it's about this defensive line's really talented and really kind of starting to put it all together um, and it's not just the defensive line it's the linebackers too I sure. mean sure oh sure they are playing like really had well a nice game mm-hmm. I mean look at this uh, twenty six sacks on the year uh, fifty seven tackles for a loss for this defense right now. I don't even. I need to go look up nationally. I'm actually on the national stat state. Uh, I, I, Josh put it out yesterday. Yeah, fifth in sacks in the nation and seventh in the country in uh, tackles for loss. That's right. And you know that's. Uh, I mean, and obviously it's a little stilted because you know of the conferences that weren't playing until recently and those sort of things. So that sure. changes it a little bit. But still, the sack total uh, compared to last year, Oklahoma, who finished top twenty five last year in sacks, they were twenty first. With 36 and 14 games, so you know roughly two and a half a game. Oklahoma is currently averaging almost three point three and three quarter sacks per game right now. Like so, if they had the full 14, they'd be pushing close to 50, which is almost 150 percent of what they did last year. So they're creating a lot more pressure in the pass game. What did surprise me is tackles for loss. They're right on about par with where they were last year. That that's about the same kind of number they were clipping at. Now you have to wonder. They seem like they're hitting stride since Ronnie Perkins came back. So maybe that that pace picks up if they you know had had a, more of a season to play. But to me, I mean, I don't think there's any question. And we said it last week, but this defensive line group's playing better football than we've seen anybody play Oklahoma, you know, play at Oklahoma in a decade. Twenty sacks, thirty nine tackles for loss over the last four games. That's insane. Yeah, I'm looking at. I mean, and again, you gotta you gotta remember who they've played. Like I. And I, I don't. I think you can say that without taking away with what they've done because they've been very dominant on the sure. defensive side of the football. I'm it's just, not like oh they're winning a snap here or there. They're winning all three downs. I mean they're they're just killing people up front right now. Um, so it's not like oh they got this guy or they won here. Like it, it's again I keep talking about the depth they've created. Like Marcus Stripling, every time he's on the field, that guy's making plays now. Like, it used to be like, oh, uh, that looked kind of good from Marcus Stripling, but now he's becoming a guy that would play and start at a lot of places. Kansas is next to dead last in sacks given up in in Division One. TCU is tied for 104th. Um, Iowa State is actually near the top. They're very good. Kansas State, of course, you know, they, they haven't given up – West Virginia is very bad. Texas is 73rd. Um, Oklahoma State is 91st. And they got a mobile quarterback. I mean, I was, I didn't watch, I had the game on on my phone Baylor on Saturday. 93rd. But I was shocked to see 
the the numbers that were coming out of Manhattan on Saturday at halftime. Four first downs and nine rushing yards. Yeah, that just doesn't awful. even compute. It's awful. Like, how can you? How can they be that? It's bad? literally one of Mike Gundy's worst offenses right now that he's ever had at Oklahoma State, and that's shocking because you have between Tylen Wallace and Chuba. I mean, those are two of probably the more talented guys that they've had up there, right? Yeah, but the offensive yeah. line makes it guess all fall apart. Tylen didn't play against Kansas State, so I guess you got to technically take him out of the equation. But he's going to be okay for Bedlam. I think yeah. he's kind of like yeah. Stogner. Rattler, he came into the game late up. on. It was so weird that he didn't play in the game, but they sent him team. out for the hands team. Yeah, I guess you don't have to really move around. It's a hamstring thing with him. Yeah, it was weird that they even suited him up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's very odd. Maybe they thought they could get away with it. <laughs> Just came back to bite him. And it was weird that L.D. Brown was announced out by the OSU and then broadcast played. team, and then he played. Yeah, the, is there any update on uh, Peel for Bedlam? I haven't heard one. Harvell Peel? The problem is Bill Haston is about the only guy I talked on a regular basis that covers them, and he was at the OU game with me last weekend. So... No, I mean it's it's there's going to be a lot more to talk about, uh, but I would say you know it continues to kind of be the same thing. The defensive line uh, impresses us each and every week, and the other thing is, just Ramondre Stevenson is so f-ing good. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They need to start figuring out ways to uh, slowly but surely hint to him. Hey, maybe you want to come back, and I, I guess it kind of sucks though, Josh, because. You just don't see a whole lot of running backs going in the first round anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you can't really sell that idea, can you? No, I mean, you can't. And the, the the only thing that you can argue for him is there's such a clear top running back this year. I mean, Etienne from Clemson, he's going to be the first guy. Like, there, There's just almost no doubt about it. And then you've got guys like Chuba Hubbard. You've got some names that are known. But you can say, hey, Ramondre, you could come back next year, and, I mean, you're going to be a Doak Walker candidate. You you could do a lot of different sp- stuff, especially if we can return most of our offensive line. I mean, there's a lot you can sell those guys on. Plus, guys, I, I can't help. Every time I watch this team come out, I'm like, man, if they can return most of these guys that are draft eligible, that 2021 team could be really, really good. Sure. Like one of the Maybe the best since 08, in my opinion. So, you know, you're talking about something special there. And you wonder, you know, with some of these guys, like, does that sell? Does that, you know, like, guys, we, we could win a national title. It, it, you know, if the coaches can sell that to them, is that is that something that holds weight? Because some guys, it matters. Like, I even I wonder about, like, Creed Humphrey. Like, being an OU fan, it matters to him. He cares. Like, I don't think he would come back, but I wouldn't rule it out just because, like I said, it could be he could be part of a special season that means something. Josh, you can just shut your damn mouth, all right? I know you want your boy to take the money. I know. I know. You sell out. I think I think Chris Murray will be a, a, a guy that really helps them next year to kind of, you know, offset that loss a little bit. Sure, sure. It, it, it's crazy. I mean, whether he I, plays center or, you know, Robinson or Rame ends mm-hmm. up stepping up, he'll mm-hmm. at least give them something better. You know, between watching Murray the last few weeks and watching, I don't know how much you guys, 
If you guys go back and watch it, watch Rame late in that game, uh, particularly on the run by Chandler Morris for the touchdown. Yeah. He was playing some football, man. Like, he, it's coming together for him in a hurry. Oh, that, uh, how is, how is Bray Walker looked out at tackle when you, you know, notice? The thing I would say the most is I haven't noticed. So it can't be that, like, I'm not watching people run around him or anything like that. To me, that was always his most natural position. Bray's not a nasty guy. Like, as much as you would think it for the wrestling and all, you know, like, you'd think, oh, yeah, that, that's his game. He's an athlete. Like, that, that's the way Bill he was is. Bill so, so hesitant to, to mm-hmm. even give him a shot out there. And I've never really I, talked to anybody behind the scenes to see why yep. that was. Yeah, yep. I, I think you hit that right on the head, Josh. The mentality between a Marquise Hayes and a Bray Walker is just two different specimens. <laughs> it's, yes. Mar- Marquise like wants to take your soul out of your body, like he wants to end you. Um, he's he's on that Ben Powers mm-hmm. mental game plan. No doubt. Actually, while in St. Louis last weekend, uh, stayed in Maryland Heights, the home of Marquise Hayes, uh, not far from the airport mm. on my uh, on my stay there. So yeah, that was uh, I was like, oh okay, I, I never knew where Maryland Heights was in St. Louis, and now now I know. The funny thing is, Marquise Hayes is the best guy, like. <laughs> He's the best, which I think a lot of those St. Louis kids are just really good kids. Well, guys, do you remember a couple of years ago when we went up there for the the um, the big Ronnie Perkins? Yeah, yeah, we'd see Ronnie and Marquis showed up. He came like he just signed and he was out there hanging out. He came over and said hey and was talking to me. You know, like kids don't do that. Like nobody does that. And so, like that was that's always something that stood out to me about him and probably why I you know I just like him a little bit more than you know. Creed or one of those guys. I remember he had, I think it was a couple years ago, he put up a picture of himself on Instagram, like standing over the top of like a Texas Tech player or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran across him. I said, I, I was just joking with him. I was like, uh, don't get yourself in trouble on social media. I saw you, I saw that picture you put up, and he just started laughing. Uh, and then he, he, t- he started talking to me. I mean, like, you know, we were old friends. And he was he was just walking to class. Probably could have gotten in trouble for that these days. Not compliance, of COVID, yeah. Compliance, just like what? What? What was happening? <laughs> I didn't give him a ride from the airport. Or should anything. have taken him to talk golf. Yeah, I didn't, didn't do that. Um, okay, so let me ask you this, Josh. Um, Kansas State definitely losing to Iowa State. Or Texas. I mean, I don't see any way they they don't. I'm pick just up saying, because like if they lose to Iowa State, if they beat Iowa State, is it possible they could beat Iowa State? I mean, Iowa State. No. They basically had to wake up against Baylor. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I, what, what if, you think Brees Hall could leave early? Mm. Running back's just such a weird place right now, isn't it? I mean, well, maybe you leave this early. Year, can he? No, no. Is, yeah, he's is a second year. Second year? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a sophomore. sophomore. Okay, but Same yeah, after next sick. year, absolutely. Yeah, after three years of this stuff, he's got to leave after next year. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as a running back, when you put together as much tape as he has and it's good as he is, I I kind of think you're crazy not to leave. Like if if Stevenson had been the premier guy last year or hadn't missed all the time this year, he'd be nuts not to go. But I think his situation is a little bit different, a little bit unique. Um, but I, guys, I, I'm first of all, I should say I'm a big Chris Kleiman fan. I think he's really, really good. The fact he gave Oklahoma State the trouble he did last week with just, you know, 
spare parts. Yes, I mean, just bad. Uh, they It says a lot for him as a coach and their staff. I mean, they, they do a really good job. And Iowa State, I mean, are they so explosive they're going to run away from Kansas State? I don't see that. Uh, then again, I'm not the world's biggest Brock Purdy fan. So well, uh, you shouldn't you know. be. He is. He's just. I mean, you talk about a roller coaster. He's not the guy that we all thought he was going to be. He's. Yeah. He's kind of just still the the guy that everybody looks at and they see him do some good things and they're like, wow, that guy's got a lot of potential to be something special. Mm-hmm. And he's just never taken the turn. We see this guy in recruiting all the time. He's great as a freshman, or he shows promise as a freshman. You're like, oh, okay, he's going to be a guy. And then as like a junior or senior, like he's still living on that guy. Like he's not. You, you've got to keep evolving. You've got to keep getting better. And Brock Purdy's better, but like I, I think people look at him like the player they thought he was going to be, rather than the player he actually is. Well, how much of that too is you know when you lose a guy like he he played with Lazard, right? Or am I thinking? Yeah. I think one year was, they crossed over. Yeah. yeah, I would say I would have said his freshman year. When yeah. you but when you look at the guys that were around him, it's like okay, this kind of makes a little bit more sense. But then again, I mean, he does have two of the better tight ends in the league. But he also sure. had uh, uh, Montgomery, Hakeem, Butler, Butler, Hakeem Butler. Butler yeah. yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Hakeem Nix. It's definitely and, not it. Mm-mm. Yeah, in Montgomery, he had him. Yeah. I mean, he's. Although he's not, he, I watched the well, Bears play, a they couple play of all, times. He plays for one of the worst offenses in the National yeah. Football League. I'm not sure he's he's kind of like uh, he, he's kind of one of those guys that's good if he's got a good offensive line, and and he needs to be in a more inventive offense. Like he could do what I don't think inventive and in Matt Nagy. Yeah, or if you put him in Kansas in City's sentence. offense, he could do some similar things to Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Sure. I mean, Andy run, Andy Reid could probably run circles around Matt Nagy, though. Yeah, that's pretty Offensively. Bad. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to have a lot more coming up this week. I mean, we didn't even talk to Alex Grinch this week. Kind of gave him the week off uh, just because he's been good to us. He's talked to us. and So we just talked to players today. Talked to Lincoln yesterday. Um, before we get into recruiting, was there anything you know that really stood out to you talking to the coaches or players this week? No, not really. I think that they feel pretty good about where they are. I mean, I, I when you put two performances together and score 60 points offensively, you have to feel pretty good. It's just kind of weird to say that they didn't play well. I did think that this was kind of interesting. This is more of a college football thing, if you have anything else with Lincoln. Did you? No, not really. Nothing that you haven't read. This on just the came on the radar to, uh, just a minute ago because Dusty tweeted it out, uh, Dvorak, talking about, you know, you you see – the landscape of college football and everything that is happening right now with COVID. And he basically said, how will they, how will a college football committee get down to four teams right now? Like, how do you compare resumes when this team has played X many games, this team's going to play this many games. And he, he ended it with basically saying, it's time to think outside the box, expand the playoff to eight. Is it way too late in the process right now? And this is obviously through an Oklahoma lens because that they would benefit from it if they were able to close this thing out. Yeah, I think is there any chance that could happen? The, well, they've said no, no, no. I mean, they've pushed back every time someone has mentioned mm-hmm. it. But I mean, under these circumstances, I mean, the NBA didn't want to have to play in a bubble, but they did. Major League Baseball kind of bubbled it up at the end, 
They played. They had played a sixteen team playoff, and it didn't hurt the game. It actually helped the game. It would be so twenty twenty if by the end of this, Oklahoma's all of a sudden looks up and they would obviously have to beat Oklahoma State, Baylor, and West Virginia, and then win the Big Twelve. But all of a sudden, you're like the seven seed hey, <laughs> in an eighteen playoff. You guys know it brings me no joy to agree with Tom Luganville, but he said it during the broadcast, and he said it a couple of times since. OU's playing. I mean, there's only a couple of teams that I would say Oklahoma probably can't beat them. Like, I don't think they're going to play with Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to beat Bama. They're probably not going to beat Ohio State. But they might not anybody beat else. Name. See, I'm just so. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm Ian so. Book I'm, would have I'm a bad day. I'm just so. He's weird. Been sacked a I'm, bunch, I'm just so yeah. in between of thinking, yeah, these guys are playing really well, or is it you've played two really bad football teams? I don't know. They're sure. just with Ramondre Stevenson. No, and I agree. They're like, I such a good team. Sure. I guess, and I, I guess, I have a little bit of PTSD of you get in a good game against a really good defense, and we'll see. I think, I think Oklahoma State can play a little bit. Yeah, Is Rattler all of a sudden you look up and Rattler's turned the ball over three times? Because if you turn the ball over like you did against Kansas, that could you could get beat because of that next weekend. Obviously, it's not going to happen against Kansas because they're terrible. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Oklahoma State's easily the best defense Oklahoma has played this year. I don't think there's any question. That's a, that's a good defense, which some podcast was telling everybody in the preseason and got a lot of shit for it. Um, but th- that's a really good defense. But at the same time, uh, boy, I struggle to see how – I mean, do I think that defense can hold Oklahoma to 20? No. I don't. I don't believe that. So do I think that Oklahoma State's offense is going to go score 30 against the way Oklahoma's playing defensively right now? I don't see that. I, I just don't I don't buy it. I, I Maybe I'll be wrong, and that, that's fine if I am, but I, boy, that it's really tough this. to create things when you're that overmatched up front. I'll say this. Um, the two games that show you Oklahoma's real potential are Texas and TCU. Mm-hmm. If they played Texas again, they might beat them like forty-two to seventeen. Texas is a very average football team. Well, OU had multiple chances in that game where they didn't yeah. play all that well. well I'm just saying, have that kind and, of the, and that was before their offensive line was playing. You know, yeah. all that great. Well, not to Steven, mention or Stephen Pledger. God damn it, I keep doing that. TJ Pledger. <laughs> That'd be sweet if TJ Steven Pledger, Pledger was still around. Remember, he got most of his yardage late in that game. Well, let's be honest. It's it's literally it's thirty one seventeen with five minutes left. Yeah. If if you just close that game out thirty one seventeen, I think there's a lot of people saying and you, a and very that complete was on victory. Lincoln Riley's play calling. Sure, sure. But and then the TCU game that was an easy victory, and nobody's really had an easy victory against TCU. TCU is a weird team this year. It's just strange. Everybody's afraid of Gary Patterson. They won't get blown out. Gary Patterson will There's, make you go if you, lick if his you blow me statue's out, you will, butt or something. Death I'm taxes and, room and Gary Patterson trying to blow out Baylor. You can guarantee all those. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet he probably just sits and watches like film of Ahmad Dixon in. Art Briles post game press conferences to get jacked up for for playing Baylor still to this day. I could see that. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I I do think that 
a push to expand the playoff if we continue down the route that we're going right now. It feels like it's going to just get louder and louder. But then again, if if the Pac-12, the and people the, on the college football playoff committee probably need to turn their hearing aids up to even hear. And the Big Ten, if they continue to be kind of shit shows and don't get to play all their games, at some point you just have to say, look, we have to let every Power Five have a seat at the table. And it, you say OU is a seven seed, they might have to put OU, and if they went out. They might have to put them in as a three seed because they'd be the only team that would have accomplished anything besides Clemson and Alabama. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame would be undefeated. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm thinking about the ACC spot. That'd be amazing. Because I don't know how many games the Pac-12 is going to end up getting. I think in. I officially want that kind of chaos to happen. Whoever's, and obviously that we benefit. From whoever's it. playing Cal, just know that you're probably not going to get to play that game that week. Oh, I mean, if you even have to breathe in Berkeley County, you better not plan on it. Bring your own oxygen. I'm glad I went to Berkeley before all this madness happened. I'm glad I went to Portland before all this madness just enveloped. The I don't world. even know if those towns are still around. Well, you know, it's all fake voters are living. Oh, I've seen it. Believe me. Um, no, no, come back. <laughs> We've equally ripped on the Democrats and the Republicans. Oh, they're the both show. idiots. I just want to point that out. Both idiots. Yes. I, as long as we're all three on the same page, they're all just morons. I'm fine with that. If I had to go on a cross-country trip with Jim Inhofe and Nancy Pelosi, I'd kill myself. <laughs> well, it's just like when when the Democrats are out there celebrating in the streets after he, Biden was declared winner. That, that was the best Twitter comparison of all time. The guy that was saying, um, like, time to celebrate and had a picture of all the people and then took the picture of all the kids at Notre Dame in the middle of the field. Yes. Like, literally 30 minutes between. It's like the most irony, pol political-filled bullshit I've ever seen. Yeah, I just... Anyway, I'll, I'll stop. Recruiting. But I think so. recruiting. We got, let's talk a little recruiting. Recruiting, yeah. before everybody turns off the pod and disgust. Mm-hmm. Actually, people aren't really that disgusted. They just like to bitch. Well, they're—I mean, both sides are just idiots. Agreed. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. <laughs> Josh, you went and saw Luther Burden over the weekend. Uh, the the film that you were able to return, uh, I, I would say he looks the part. Yeah. It took a little while in that game for him to kind of get going. Uh, they weren't looking his way. It was, and it really. It was interesting because usually when I say something like that, it's like, oh, well, the, the other team was so focused on him. And there were plays where you could see that, you know, if they had a couple guys over him. But it wasn't like – I mean, I've seen games where they're just – I mean, like almost like a double team at the line of scrimmage. Like they're they're bracketing a guy yeah. and then still have a safety over the top. It wasn't like that. It was, it was just kind of a – I think Ritter knew they were a lot better than the team they were playing, even though – and this is the weirdest part about it – Ritter came into this game one and three. The team they were playing was eight and one. They beat them forty-five to fourteen, and it wasn't that close. Like I mean, one of the touchdowns that uh, Park Hill uh, Central scored. I always want to say Park Hill South, and I guess that's a South Park thing. But uh, Park Hill Central, they scored on like a they throw it out or they run a reverse, and then the guy flips it back and throws it to the quarterback, and he slipped out of the backfield, and it's like th that was I mean late third quarter. They were already down about thirty points at that point, and it was. 
it was like that's all you've got. I mean, they they knew they were overmatched, and I got there, and I I think I texted you guys. I was like, this is confusing as hell because the team that looks like it's eight and one is one and three, and the team that looks like it's one and three is eight and one. So I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, but no, it, it was a supremely impressive performance from Luther Burden. He just showed you a little bit of everything, and you know, it showed a. Um, a definite ability to take the short pass, make some quick moves. I wanted to see his feet because I've kind of had him in my head as a bigger guy, and he's probably about six foot, about 185. So, I mean, he's not tremendously large, probably comparable to like a Sterling Shepard. He's a thick physically. guy, though. I mean, he's yeah, not like yeah. skinny. I, I, you know, and, and that was something that stood out to me. He's more physically developed than I expected him to be. He's a little more well put together. Um, but no, I, I, I loved what I saw. Good hands, caught everything. Uh, very twitchy, but I thought he showed a little more top end speed than I expected on that play. Uh, that was the one that you know was all over Twitter, and I know Eddie's tweeted it out a few times as well. Where he he shakes a couple defenders, and then you can't see him because I'm right in the middle of the Ritter sideline, and one of the coaches steps into my shot, and then all of a sudden you just see Burden pop out of nowhere, and he's flying up the sideline. And I mean, like I said, his, his speed is easy. He accelerates very naturally. There's there's no question why he's one of the you know top two or three receivers in the country, and um, I I just couldn't have been more impressed with what I saw. And then, you know, talking to him after the game, I I was, I if I'm an OU fan, I feel really good about how that interview went because I asked him several times, kind of where he was. You know, I know Ohio Ohio State's been a big talking point for a lot of people with him. He told me he doesn't want to take any more visits. He knows what he wants to do. He seems very locked in with Oklahoma right now. Am I just a terrible person for when I hear a junior in high school say that? I go, mm. for a kid <laughs> that fair. hasn't been able to take mm-hmm. visits yet. I, yeah, that's. I'm not calling thing. him a liar, but it just like sure. when things open if back even, up. Are you saying that you're going to turn down official visits? No, you're probably not going. Even to. if I was yep. a coach, I think I would say you need to get out. You need to see. Like you need to experience this. Maybe that shows you how hard OU recruits. That they've sold this kid that hard at this point in time. Uh, well, I mean, and it does, it says something for OU that they got him down last season. I mean, for that Iowa State game, that was a big deal um, for him. Clearly, I mean, like he said in the interview, he's been to two college football games ever, and one of them was Oklahoma. Now, I will say, he said I, without me even asking him, mean, I was asking him kind of something else, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I've kind of wanted to go to Oklahoma since I was a freshman." So, like, I mean, it sounds like a kid that really did buy it, but. I agree with you guys. You don't know, like, anybody that's like, well, he said back during the season that he was, man, he's, he's a high a school kid. junior. Like, yeah, yeah g- g- go easy. You you were, in high school, you didn't live up to every promise you made either. So I thought I was going to be bit. an architect when I was a junior in high school. Yeah, yeah, I was I was, was going to be Maverick. Yeah. So I was, I was going to the Naval Academy, going to be Top Gun. So that was going to happen. So, um, but no, like I said, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like when people are like, well, he's committed, but he's so young, it doesn't matter. Would you rather have him committed or not committed? You'd rather have him where he is. You know, like that's that's better than the alternative. No but doubt. like I said, yeah, the longer he stays committed, no. you know, the, yeah. the more he brings other top recruits with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly in an area that seems to be putting out a lot of players. I mean, you look at obviously at Ronnie Perkins, Deron Neal a couple years ago in the St. Louis area, Marquise Hayes out of Kansas City. Uh, or I guess St. Louis. Another guy that you were able to talk to, Josh, too, while you were up there was Tyson Ford, the 2022 strong side defensive end from, uh, is it John Burroughs High School? Is that where that's yep. at? Yep. Uh, you know, for those that don't know, the same high school that Ezekiel Elliott came from. 
So it's a school. It's a, you know, and I, there were several people that were like, "Man, he's a that that kid is more well spoken than I am," which is not a huge leap, but you know, that's it's okay. That's fine. You can say that. Um, I was talking to their head coach, and he was telling me that their average ACT score on their roster is thirty-one. <laughs> I that's insane, and. So like he was like, yeah, you know, we, we, we've got Tyson here who's going to go wherever he wants to go for college football. And he goes, my left tackle is Brown's number one tackle in the class of 2022. This guy, Dartmouth all over him. Like, it was just Ivy League, Ivy League everywhere. And you're like, God, these kids, I need to, like, become friends with them so they can be my boss someday. Um, but, they, you know, it's just a – it was an interesting dynamic, a beautiful campus. Um, but, yeah, he was – he was great to talk to. Really, like, you could tell. Really likes Oklahoma. Has built a good relationship with Calvin Thibodeau, um, and, and really, you know, he kind of mentioned he thinking about making a, a decision here in the next couple months, and went, and not long after saying that was like, yeah, you know, I, I pay more attention to Oklahoma than I do anybody else. You read into those two things what you want to, but that that sure sounds good for Oklahoma. Josh, I know we're up against it. Uh, anything else that you wanted to? Kelvin Gilliam. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got got to talk about the Kelvin Gilliam situation. And for those uh, that are listening and haven't checked the site in a little while, we've got a full story. I did an interview with him a couple nights ago. Sorry, it took me a little while to get it up. All the moving chaos. My life is kind of a hellscape. But um, it was. I thought it was really interesting with talking to him because you know there is there's been kind of a a feeling with Notre Dame where they seem to have some confidence that they could maybe turn him around. I talk to people, my sources, and they he's saying all the right things to Oklahoma. Like, I, I don't get the impression that he's given them any reason for concern. Um, and I think Oklahoma was in on this early. Like, they knew it was happening. They knew what was going on. And a, large, a lot of that is Kelvin and his family communicate really well with Oklahoma. So – and I, I, one of the things, and I, you know, I have all these kind of rules of things where you watch, and when a kid, like I said, when a kid goes incommunicado, that's usually a bad sign. Most kids, like I was talking to Mike Singer from our Notre Dame site, and he goes, I can't believe Kelvin's going to do an interview with you. And I was like, I, I, I kind of am shocked too. But it usually is a sign of where he is in the recruitment. Kelvin's an extremely nice kid. Eddie and Bob and Kerry, you know, assuming I'm right and he stays with Oklahoma, they're going to love interviewing that guy for the next few years. He is great to talk to. So I I think it's a good sign for OU that he's still talking to guys like me. He's still very open with what's going on. I, I think he has some interest in Notre Dame. I don't think anybody should be so confident that they just write this off as nothing. But at the same time, He's very close with Caleb Williams. DeMond Harmon is obviously one of his best friends and his high school teammate. There's a lot that connects him to Oklahoma beyond just, oh, I like the coaches or I like the the scheme or I like that I could play early there. There's a lot that connects him to OU. So we'll kind of watch and see what happens here, and I'm definitely going to stay in contact with him. You know, he and I have a really good relationship, so I don't think it's going to be something where he blindsides me or anything like that. But at the same time, I, Oklahoma has to take this seriously. But I think they know that you know how serious this is, and they're they're doing what they need to do to kind of lock that back down. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm just I was just thinking, waiting for you to say something. I'm just thinking of uh, all the podcast listeners that didn't take us up on any of our offers that are just hearing this for the first time and screaming. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, could have been on the site for $12. 
could have been you. All right. Uh, anything else that is needs to be thrown out there? I mean, high school playoffs getting ready to get started. Yeah, it's just going to be weird. I mean, I, Oklahoma high school playoffs starting this week. Uh, it's just going to be strange like with everything that's going on. Uh, you look at you know the, the towns that have already had to cancel games and, of course, the way that the OSAA is working the uh, playoffs. If, if you have one positive case and you have to back out, the other team moves on. So it's going to be – I think it's affecting the smaller towns a lot more than maybe the big schools. It'll be kind of interesting to see how that goes. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm very excited to see how 6A2 uh, kind of breaks down. I, I think that we all kind of expect it to be – uh, Bixby and Choctaw, I mean, uh, Bixby and uh, Stillwater when it's all said and done. See if Choctaw can do anything. I did see that uh, Josh Braylon Presley got offered today after his big performance on a national stage a week ago. Uh, you think there's any chance OU gets involved there? I don't, and it's not because people will say, It's just oh, a weird it's, year. It's, it's a weird year where Oklahoma is in on a couple of guys that would have a very similar role to him that are – you know, not just like very good players, just like Braylon is. They're they're very good, and he's very good as well. But these are ten three, ten four hundred meter guys, and Braylon, as good as he is, that's probably the one knock on him. Aside from being about five six, I mean like that, that he has some some knocks that you can make. But man, I don't I don't want it to come off as I'm knocking him as a player because he is outstanding. But it's just Oklahoma can just do some things that others can't and that's that's kind of where they're at with this but don't make no mistake he's probably going to follow his brother at oklahoma state and he'll be really good just like brennan will be be like the new set of locket brothers yeah really uh, yep and then someday they'll have you know children that will continue you know maybe the presley's can continue to torture oklahoma for about 20 years Well, aaron's looking pretty good in the nfl these days he's kind of become mm -hmm. I mean, I would say he's top 10 receiver in the league now. Tyler. Tyler. Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Tyler. Really There's good. so many of them. Some were nephews and not sons. Yeah, that's the thing. that I, I can't ever follow the Lockett tree. I don't know who's – like, I know they're all related, but I don't I know think Kevin was the first, right, Kevin Lockett? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, it was definitely Kevin. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the '90s, back when Kansas State was just really starting to get rolling. All right, uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks, Dead Soxy. Uh, go check him out. Uh, enter that bo that code Boomer for thirty percent off. Thanks to Josh, who uh, will now probably won't, we probably won't hear from him for a while because he'll be buried under boxes for a while. There's some truth in that. But, hey, the good news is going to have an office again to myself, so may maybe some post-game pod can start becoming a part of my life again. So that's, that's exciting. Talk is so, cheap. I, we'll see. Hey, we'll see. You know, I may drink too much and pass out before, but if that doesn't Let's happen, Let's face it, then, that's hey. what happens every time. <laughs> Especially with the 6.30 kickoff. you got to stay up late. you got to stay up with Ooh. the... the uh... Yeah, you'll never make a 6.30. That's I can't. I, I, I did one a couple years ago, the one with Jared when he came on with us too. Oh, that's right. I remember that one. Oh, I yeah. still can't believe that this will, it will be the first time OU played OSU at night, at night in Norman. That it is, is just mind-blowing. Because you me. think of a lot of games that end. The Tiger Hill game ended at night. The Big 12 championship was later in the day. but it, They were all like 2.30, 3, 3.30 yeah. starts. So And, of course, daylight savings. It gets dark around 5. Right. So. I think I'm going to like that, though. They need to just It'll open cool. up the entire stadium. 
It'll be cool. Let eighty five thousand in. Hit up, Dan Mullen. Hit up Sitter. Pick it out. Uh, I don't think he's going to be picking up my phone calls anytime soon. <laughs> I think we've been talking some shit on him. I think we've burned that bridge. The steak conversation never continued, huh? Past that? Yeah, I guess not. I mean, when I did, I did tweet yesterday. I think I could be a better governor. So we'll see. Do Dan Mullen and Kevin Stitt look a little bit alike, or is that just my imagination? No. Hmm. Okay. Both look like pussies. Okay. <laughs> There you go. Eddie got it in before we got out of here. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week where we preview Bedlam, a huge one coming up. Uh, And thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from SoonerScoop.com.